started to wonder, and I wondered, which led me to wonder. I had to wonder. I started to wonder. I couldn't help but 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 wonder. Hello and welcome to City Girls Make Do, uh, your Sex and City recap podcast with me, your host Alex, aka Working City Girls Make Do. And me, Stephanie, your host, aka the closest you've ever come to pure universal god force. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to talk about the season one episode five the power of female sex yeah first of all what did you think you know um so i liked the episode but it's also i felt like it was one of those episodes that's one of like the biggest cases of like yeah you know that one click quiz that's like which sex in the city girls brand of internalized misogyny are you i felt like it was kind of the ultimate example of that quiz (laughs) yeah I think it was also like the one where you, you know, you see those articles and it's like 10 second CE storylines that wouldn't fly today. It was, it did feel a bit um, dated in some parts, but not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think some parts were worse than others. And overall, like, I think it was a fun episode, but there was definitely a couple parts where they said things and I was like, hmm, maybe you should say a different thing. Um, what, what is the power of female sex? Like, what does that mean? I don't know, but we're going to find out in this episode. Right? Yeah. Um, Carrie's question for the week is, where's the line between professional girlfriend and just plain professional? So that's a little bit questionable. Um, I hate it. Yeah, there's a lot of, I feel like, judgment about people who, like, just the I don't know, there's a very broad range of sex work, but, like, it felt like we were being a bit judgy today. Yeah, I felt like they all kind of were, with, like, the exception of Samantha. Um, but, yeah, especially, like, Miranda, who's very the, you know, like, female empowerment kind of thing, is very, takes the, like, misogynistic approach about that kind of thing. Um, it was a bit hit and miss, but should we just jump into it? I think so, yeah. Um okay. So we start off with this voiceover from Carrie, and she's saying that the most powerful woman in New York is not Tina Brown, Diane Sawyer, or even Rosie O'Donnell. (laughs) Who is she? (laughs) Why did she pick Rosie O'Donnell? I don't know what was happening in 1998, but... I don't know. And is Rosie O'Donnell even someone you think of when you think of, like, New York? Like, women in New York? (laughs) No. Like, I don't know who I would think of as, like, a woman of New York especially at like the time but yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of people in new york why (laughs) i don't i don't immediately think well rosie o'donnell lives there yeah but in reality it turns out the most powerful woman in new york is the woman who has all the tiny hats (laughs) (laughs) there are some fun tiny hats yeah it's the uh, maitre d of this restaurant called balzac balzac yeah which um doesn't sound like anything else to me yeah same every single time i wrote it in my notes i wrote it as balzac instead of balzac mm. i tried to write it as balzac so i remember to say it like that and not balzac but it's very like i don't know 
in like Grand Theft Auto, they have something called a ball sack, and it's like, ah ha ha, it's very um South Park humor. I love it. Yeah, I I don't know if like I mean clearly they had to be going for that, right? Like, was this intentional? I don't. Yeah, it definitely was because you like no one in that writers' room is gonna say, oh, this sounds like ball sack. It's never brought up in the episode at all, which makes it even weirder. They never mention it once that this hot new restaurant is called Balzac, but and it's a really hot new restaurant because Samantha and Carrie are like waiting forty five minutes for a table there. Yeah, Samantha points out that uh, they're definitely somebody's because, as she says, Samantha owns her own PR firm and Carrie writes a newspaper column, which really makes her a real important person. <laughs> Like, I know we talk a lot about her newspaper column and trying to figure out exactly how famous Carrie is. Like, I think someone pointed out that Dan Savage had a column. Okay. But he, like, he's not exactly, like, you know, recognizable, I don't think, unless you're in the community that dislikes him. Yeah, I don't think it would be something that you'd. I mean, I guess maybe for people who actually live in New York, I mean, it would definitely be like a citywide thing. But like, there's people who know who she is, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm because there are definitely like city celebrities, you know. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean she's going to get into the Balsack restaurant early, though. Like, but this is definitely revenge because of Samantha like laughing at people crying when she turned them away from her restaurant opening last week. True. This is karma karmic retribution towards samantha and samantha like complains in this episode too about how the hostess is like was her 10 years ago and how she's like she should be letting us in and it's like well that that was you like a week ago not the hostess but like but still (laughs) this is retribution maybe maybe samantha turned her away at the restaurant last week oh yes true 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 it could just be karma um yeah yeah. so samantha gets like really mad and asks uh carrie for a 20 to slip her and carrie's just getting frustrated because presumably she doesn't even have a 20 on her she probably doesn't because she (laughs) makes no money (laughs) (laughs) she's very famous but like doesn't have any money well like one of the big things this episode is that carrie is kind of like broke like it it comes up a few times that she doesn't have a lot of money to spare so yeah that makes sense have like a 20 to give her and samantha gets all like upset about it and um and yeah the, the hostess has that really tiny little cap on which i hate i posted a picture of it in discord it's <laughs> have you have you ever seen that picture of like kurt angle with the tiny little cowboy hat on because that's what she looks yeah, like yeah right it's like tiny but it's also huge and it's like angled at the front of her head and it's like glittery and i don't know how it's staying on her head i would imagine either like hairpins or maybe a little band like you tied it at the back something like that i don't know like anyway she's on the phone and she like doesn't give a single shit about samantha <laughs> because like why would she samantha doesn't mean anything to her. Mm. and then carrie and samantha leave samantha's like, 10 years ago that was me, and I wielded my power in a benevolent way. <laughs> Which benevolent isn't exactly like the first word I'd use to describe Samantha. But. It's, it's absolutely not. She's never been benevolent. Like my favorite thing that she says is that if the hostess was a man, then they would be through the door. 
because she'd basically be able to seduce them. Yeah, and they'd be getting, like, free drinks and stuff by now, and, like, oh, sure. <laughs> like, she's probably right, but it's also wild to just say that I can seduce any single man. It's true. It's really weird to me because, like... I don't know, I feel like in movies and TV shows, you always see those things where it's like the really hot people get let into the club or they get like all this extra stuff or they get drinks bought for them all the time. I've literally never had like a random person buy me a drink or like had special treatment. No, me neither. So it seems fake. Like no one, no one who I don't already know has ever bought me a drink. Like my friends or whatever have said, oh, I'm going to the bar, do you want anything? No one... That no one's just randomly like said, "Oh, can I buy you a drink?" This never happened. It doesn't happen any. Maybe it it just doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't make any sense because it, yeah, but if they make it seem like a bigger thing than it actually is in like movies and stuff, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I think I've definitely used my my feminine wiles to get away with something <laughs> or to get someone to do something. That's fair. But I don't think I could just seduce um just anyone. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think I could either. I, yeah, no. But Samantha's got a lot, of, a lot more confidence than the average person, so I guess we can just go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> Carrie's starving. Wants to go to lunch. Uh, I think they do. I can't remember. It's just sort of very casually mentioned that they actually did get something, but I think she just got like something cheap. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, she goes to Dolce & Gabbana to go shoe shopping. She goes shopping and Samantha goes to work, which makes sense. Because <laughs> Samantha has a job. <laughs> and Carrie gets to go shopping. Yes. Oh, well, my favorite thing about this episode is when Carrie says this incredible line where she says, I decided to investigate this theory I had about shopping as a way to unleash the creative subconscious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that should be my excuse like whenever I do want to go shopping because at the moment you know when you just want to buy something but you can't see anything you like yes I have a tendency to go depression shopping like if I'm feeling just really shitty I'm like I'm gonna go to a store and I'm gonna buy something for myself I'm gonna make myself feel better by having possessions yeah there's no ethical consumption under like capitalism but like material things do make me feel happy for five seconds exactly yeah I go through things where I'm like oh I've had a really bad time so I deserved something new yes like at the moment I'm like I survived being sick. I had a terrible appointment with the doctor and I looked after some kids for an entire week. Like I deserve to treat myself, but there's nothing I want. Yeah, I I have that problem too. I'll like go to the mall and I'll just like peruse. <laughs> love perusing. Yeah, I love to peruse. And I'll be like, oh, I really just want to buy something for myself. And then I'll be disappointed that I didn't spend my money, which is really dumb because it's like, I should be happy that I have more money. <laughs> But yeah, but all the shoes she's looking at are like really fluffy. Yeah, the heels. Yeah, and like there's a couple of bags as well. It's it's very cute. I do like it. Like even though Dolce and Gabbana is a very problematic company, even for like you know designers. Yeah, they are cute shoes. They're really cute shoes. They're incredibly extra. I really really like them. They are probably stupidly expensive though because her credit card gets declined. So like. and it's like a proper movie it gets like cut up into pieces and the the, like the guy at the uh, till is like they told me to do that and they want to speak to you 
And Carrie literally walks away from the phone. It's great. Right. Okay. So how I I feel like everyone's had like a card get declined on them before. They don't cut up your card right there in front of you. No, they don't. They really don't. Like I've I've never had a card declined, but they most of the time they just politely say, "I'm sorry. Do you want to try another card?" Yeah, exactly. Which is like a a wink, wink. This doesn't work. Um, yeah. But the reason Carrie walks away is because her friend is there, Amelita, who is wearing this absolutely gorgeous outfit. Oh my god, she's got this neon pink floral dress on. She's beautiful. She is. She's gorgeous. She has like this really, she's Italian and she has like this, well her character's Italian, but she has like this really long black straight hair, like very Penelope Cruz. She looks gorgeous. Her dress has like a matching cardigan that's just over her shoulders. It's really nice. Um, Her accent is a little bit ridiculous, but... It's a tiny bit wild. The accents from like every single European character is like not right but we'll just shrug that off for now (laughs) at first i was like where is she from and then eventually carrie like outright says that she's italian and i'm like okay 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 everyone is giving a 10 in terms of accents they're giving an 11 uh for these accents here (laughs) (laughs) but it's fine it 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 works for the show don't get me wrong oh no it works it works and she's really nice like she shows up and she pays for carrie's shoes on her her boyfriend's card just completely out of nowhere this guy's like just shopping around and she's like it's on him and yeah oh did you catch what she says about him (laughs) when she says he has a tiny penis but knows how to use it (laughs) i feel like that's all you want it's you know it's really good i love it i love that that that's like i'm i'm into um you know inclusivity with penises i guess inclusivity i think it's (laughs) not everyone's a samantha who's like yeah no she just says that they're you know they're having good sex and he's very 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 rich and his name's carlo and he is a silver ass fox Mm -hmm. got that nice that nice head of silver hair he's he's nice to look at yeah, he's a he's a chill dude. He doesn't really say anything in the episode, but he seems like fine. And we also Carrie mentions that she was gonna when she bought the shoe, she was just gonna return them, which I guess is how she affords a lot of her outfits. But you can't really return shoes. Yeah, you can't really. Um and also she doesn't really return most of her clothes because she has a closet packed full of shit. No, she probably like says she's going to return them, but she only says that for items you can't return. I've never tried to return shoes before. I don't return things very often, so. No, you, I mean, you can return shoes. It's just you can't return them if they have any wear on them. And like shoes show wear easily. Especially heels. Yeah, you step outside and they're like ruined. Well, New York City is really, it's notoriously clean and hard to mess up your shoes in. Especially in the 90s. Yeah. Emilita's like, you're like a sister to me. And. Oh, Carrie just slags her off the entire time. She calls her Euro trash. She says, oh, we're more like acquaintances. Uh, we've only met a few times. And this woman just bought you really expensive shoes and is being really nice to you. Yeah. Yeah. And she just calls her Euro trash and says she was fun. And then Carrie says as she's leaving the store, like her voiceover is like, I've got all the Italian I could ask for. Dolce, dolce, dolce. She's, um, she just doesn't really care. 
she doesn't want to hang out with this person who just bought her like expensive shoes and is clearly like happy to see her like i mean i get that she's rich but where are my friends who are spending four hundred dollars on me to get shoes like excuse me (laughs) yeah i need more friends with like unfathomably rich boyfriends it's true it's true We, we all do and then Carrie goes home and she's like writing for her column and she mentions Amelita by name in her document. So this is like gonna go into the public newspaper. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess she talks about everyone. I sort of, in my head, I'm like, oh, that's ridiculous. She must use like pseudonyms. But anyone who speaks to her would figure out who her friends are really easily. Yeah, and the thing about a name like Amelita is it's not exactly like a common name. So it's like, if you know one Amelita in New York City, it's probably this one. So, And if you mention that she has a rich boyfriend and she's Italian and she's really fun and flirty and wears gorgeous cocktail dresses all the time, then someone's going to figure it out. Yeah, they very will. And they'll also piece together that Carrie, like the gist of her paper is basically just calling her out for like using sexual power to her advantage and like having this incredible lifestyle. And so it just kind of comes across, like it's not like she's publishing this and just saying a bunch of nice things about her. It's kind of like this kind of judgmental column. So I don't know. You know how Carrie has like a lot of friends that just show up once? I think it's because they read the fucking paper. Like they read the column they were in and were like, oh, she's just, you know, digging into me for 400 words. This is my new Sex in the City head canon. I love everything about it. (laughs) (laughs) like maybe the other ones just don't even read it or just don't care yeah well we know that we know that big reads it and we know like we know that some people in her life do read it that she has written about but um just a lot of them seem to come in one episode and then never come back again so yeah i'm trying to remember if like anyone like if any of her close friends or big gets mad about her writing I'm trying to remember if that does happen. I don't... Because it should. It should happen, but I don't think it does. I, like The only thing I remember is that... like I know that there's a point where Big reads something she says in the paper and is like, I'm sorry, I treated you like shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone ever calls her out on it, but... We'll find out, but they should. We'll find out as we, as we progress through the series. Yeah, so after Carrie leaves Dolce & Gabbana, our girls, our ladies, are playing poker because carrie's trying to save money yes ladies poker night that totally makes sense that she would save money by gambling (laughs) save money by gambling yes she's gonna save money by playing poker well i mean we know that she at least doesn't come in last because miranda loses yeah but they have a really good conversation in this uh or a really interesting conversation. I don't know if it's good, but <laughs> in this scene, because they're talking about basically like this woman, Emilita, and how she uses sex for like power and stuff. And like, Samantha's all, you know, women have every right to use whatever they can to get power. And like Miranda's kind of like, okay, but not sleeping their way to the top. And it's interesting. Samantha, the whole time, is kind of just really like, gung-ho on we just need to do whatever we can to you know get as much as we can (laughs) yeah i i mean i sort of i can see both of their points but just like this first i think this first conversation miranda is just like so judgy yes and samantha's just very you should just fuck anyone as opposed to you know do what you gotta do yeah 
I don't because I don't I don't think anyone is really a hundred percent sleeping their way to the top. That's quite difficult to do. It's very difficult to do that. It is, and I don't think many people do. But yeah, Samantha's kind of just like that's might maybe what we need to do to compete and charlotte says that's exploitation and samantha says of men which is perfectly legal (laughs) which samantha go off (laughs) is it legal i don't know i mean i guess miranda would know as she is a lawyer uh well miranda doesn't really seem to say much more about it it's mostly just like carrie and charlotte kind of start playing devil's advocate about it a little bit while samantha's kind of you know she says men and women are equal opportunity exploiters. Uh, Charlotte tells us, well, she asks a rhetorical, but not really rhetorical question about <laughs> if it would be okay for her to basically hang out with a guy who clearly has feelings for her if it would improve her job. Um, because she meets this artist who is not a real artist, but very big in the universe of the show, who looks like a wizard. To me, okay, I think he looks kind of like Bob from Twin Peaks, but with a windbreaker on instead of a jean jacket. <laughs> he definitely is not. I think there's some other episode where she like sleeps with an artist. Um, I don't know if we mentioned it, but she... Is she like a curator for a gallery? Yeah, she like works at an art gallery, and I think that's like what she does. She does like showings at the gallery. I don't know what that means, what yeah. entails, but yeah. So yeah, this guy comes in and he's very charmed by her, as Charlotte says, and he invites her upstairs. Apparently he's like a, uh, like a bit of a hermit. He doesn't really come into New York very often. So this would be a really big get for her. And he invites Charlotte upstate to come to his farm to see his latest yeah. work. and... Charlotte's kind of like, I don't know if I should do this. I'm worried about his attentions. And Carrie's like, he wants to hold you. He wants you to hold his brush. It's a bit. I mean, probably, I don't know if you should be going to some like farm to meet someone. I wouldn't want to go to a farm. Yeah, but that's just me though. If I was her, I mean, I guess this is a different age now. You could be like, just show me pictures of your art on your phone. But I guess she couldn't do that. No, you think you would bring a friend. Yeah. Even if they waited outside. You know, if he said, I don't want to show it to everyone, just say, okay, well, they'll stay outside, I'll look. Yeah, for sure. But Miranda does redeem herself and tells Charlotte that if he if he tries anything then to call miranda because they will sue the shit out of him i love it i love miranda if you do have a lawyer friend that's exactly what you want to hear i would love i don't think there's ever an episode in the show where they get miranda to like sue any of their exes or anything like that that'd be really good if they did but oh, that would especially if they, especially if it was like some people's court bullshit if if like an ex of carrie's like stole a dress or something he wouldn't give back shoes that were at his apartment. What, what kind of law does Miranda do? Do we know? I don't know. It's, every time there's a lawyer in a TV show or movie, like, it's not really clear what their actual, like, you know, job is. Yeah. I think she is, I think she is corporate law. I think she must be. Like, she's definitely not, she's definitely not a divorce lawyer. She's not a divorce lawyer. She's not a criminal yeah. lawyer. Um, so I guess she's maybe civil suits and corporate. Yeah, that must that sounds the most right. But it's never really made a hundred percent clear. No, it never is, and it's not important. Girls don't need jobs, not in this New York City. Samantha calls her the Harvard Law Lorena Bobbitt. Good. <laughs> <laughs> has 
so many good one-liners that are just like <laughs> oh the one-liners this episode are amazing oh and then there's another really good liner one-liner in like a minute because skipper comes to pick up miranda early um she's he's a whole hour early and carrie says he's like a sweet little seal pup and miranda says who i sometimes want a club <laughs> I love, like, Miranda's just bluntness with... She just treats Skipper like absolute shit. She treats him like shit. I'm like, why are you with him? Like, do you clearly don't like him? Like, like I don't like him either, but... Apparently the sex is good, which I don't really oh, want to think about. I hate about. that. I hate that. <laughs> so they retire early. Um, everyone leaves, uh, well, after Miranda's gone, because she's cleaned out. And while Carrie's tucking herself into bed, Armelita calls her. Oh, she's up Balsack! <laughs> she's up Balsack and she's smoking one of those Corella Deville type cigarette holder things. Oh my god, she's so amazing. She's yeah, she's smoking with like this breakfast at Tiffany's cigarette holder. I, I wish you could still smoke inside purely so I could smoke with a cigarette holder. <laughs> you can do that outside too. I mean I know, but it doesn't have the same like Je ne sais quoi. It doesn't make me look like a a villain in a oh, Disney movie. True. I kind of like. I don't really want to smoke inside, but at the same time, it's like that. If I was gonna do it, that's how I would do it. Yeah. No, I don't actually want to bring smoking back into restaurants because it's it is gross. But it would be kind of fun if they were like only if you're a very if you're like a really hot woman and you want to smoke with a stupid long cigarette holder. That's fine. Oh my god. Wait. Do you think you can use one of those long-ass Corellaville cigarette holders for a joint? Oh, yeah, definitely. I've never seen anyone do it, though. <laughs> Why not do it? I think, I mean, I think it would be quite a round, like, hole because it's made for, pre- like, straight cigarettes, not rolled up True. joints. But you definitely could do it. And I think if you do smoke weed then you should and also send us in pictures i want to buy one of these now i'm super curious i'm gonna look into this after the show <laughs> <laughs> um and she's also wearing this green dress which i really need it's like strapless and silky it has like a sort of a, a faint like pattern of just like light green and dark green and it's like bodycon she looks amazing she looks fucking hot as hell and she wants carrie to come out and have a good time with her um, and you know what Carrie says? Carrie mm-hmm. thinks she shouldn't because she's broke, but she doesn't want her new shoes to be punished for her own bad budgeting. Like, what is she talking about? I think her, sho- her shoes are sentient. Her shoes are sentient. I would imagine she does think, like, all her clothes have personalities. Yeah, they do. And she doesn't want it to feel bad. She wants her shoes to enjoy a night out at the ball sack. And so she goes out. Mm-hmm. And her new shoes uh, and like, a, I guess, a matching sort of silky lavender dress. Yeah, and it looks really good. It does look nice. She's wearing this horrible coat over yeah. the top, but you can't have everything. I don't think we're like, we're moving closer towards like the good and the fun fashion. No, we're not there yet. She, she, I think she looks like she's not as broke as she says she is. And I think that just might be bad writing. So, but we get to we get to the restaurant, and that hostess is there again, and she has a new ridiculous hat, and she looks like she's the widow at like her own husband's funeral. It was like a little like lacy veil hat. 
I guess there's a sort of like a pillbox, I would say, or like a fascinator, I guess more so. I love it. I love it. I really, really love it. I do want to say, um, at my funeral, I want veils. Like, I want people to be in full, like, mourning yeah. attire. I want everyone to be sad as shit at my funeral. Yeah. I need, like, full goth. I need Evanescence to play. Like, I'm, I'm not joking. <laughs> I've thought about this before, and I really, really, at my funeral, I want them to play uh, the Breaking of the Fellowship from the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. And it's such a, like, devastating song, and I want people... I want that playing. <laughs> I think that's a really good good choice choice. and everyone's gonna cry and it's gonna be really good (laughs) this is this is like legally a will for both of us when i die Uh, please listen to all my podcast episodes to make sure everything i own gets goes to the right place (laughs) (laughs) if i die tragically then i want summer to take over for me and if we both die she can just host it by herself i guess (laughs) (laughs) we're both gonna die in a tragic podcasting accident together She's gonna have to take over her. <laughs> Please, Summer. Okay, that's legally binding, and she has to do it. Sorry. Um. So. <laughs> uh. So I guess the waitress is all like, "Yeah, you can't come in," but psych, Carrie's friend is already there, so Carrie gets to go in. Carrie feels Carrie feels like she's you know best of the hostess now. And so we meet the people at Amelita's table. Uh, it's her boyfriend Carlo and this new guy who's French called Gilles. He's pretty handsome. He is pretty hot. He has a very defined forehead. Like he has, he has a. You know how some people have like a strong jaw. Those are like all his face bones. Yeah, he does have like a chin. He has and a half. chin. He has. It's hot. Like I like a strong jaw. And he's an architect, which is a really hot job, which no one has. He's got really good eyebrows too. He does. He does. He looks a bit, like, big, but, like, not quite as American. He, yeah, he's European big, but he's, like, charming. Like, I mean, big's charming, but, like, he's he seems, like, charming, but not... A- yeah, he seems, like, genuinely very sweet as well. At least when we meet him. The waiter comes up, and he has, like, the ugliest gold shirt on. <laughs> it's, like, a gold, like, I guess, LeMay short sleeve. is about three sizes too big for him, and then he has a really fat black tie. Like, how is this a fancy restaurant he looks like shit like the waiters can't all be wearing this no he's dressed like everyone in this restaurant is dressed like it's fucking tgi friday yeah, just, <laughs> but it's supposed to be super classy so carrie leaves with him and yeah so he i mean jill does kind of suck because he does say to carrie he says that she's too beautiful to be a writer yeah what the fact of writers look like there are a couple things he says that are like hmm that's but but not like so bad but still not great no um it he does yeah he throws up a few red flags but they enjoy they don't really eat i'm assuming it's probably meant to be about like midnight one o'clock yeah and they leave and carrie's like her voiceover says she put her journalistic skills to good use and she learned a couple things about him which is that he's divorced and has a daughter he's on his way to brazil and i'm like Carrie, you don't have to be a journalist to ask someone the bare minimum about their life, but sure. <laughs> there doesn't mean she just ask questions at the fucking dinner table. Because it's not like she could sneak off and no, Google him. It, it's not like she used any actual skills. She literally just... She just asked questions. <laughs> yeah, which, like, I could do, okay. 
Um, but he's only in New York for like a couple of days because he's on his way to Brazil for a bit. Yeah. So we basically she says that he has been married before. Um, he has a five-year-old daughter. Uh, he and his wife are divorced and the little girl lives with uh, her mother in Paris. And now he's going to Brazil to supervise a hotel construction. Yep. And he basically says, oh, you should live with me in Paris, which like they just met tonight. They just they just met, but she is tempted and I would be tempted. Yeah, it is tempting because she has very little money. And as she said, she has a substance abuse problem. And he fully like is worried. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's really bad. Like, the concern on his face is really genuine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm just a shopaholic, but... And he he laughs it off, but I don't think it's funny. I don't think it is either. Um, But I think he's just kind of, like, enamored by her. And, and you know, like, he is kind of romantic. Because, like, he says he's been in New York before, but he, he wants her to show him around because he's never seen it with someone like you before. He is a real charmer. Like, I probably would have gone to Paris with him. I mean, she points out that he's actually going to Brazil. But he's like, come to Brazil. I'm sort of waiting for just like a handsome man to ask me to run away to Paris with him. Fair. That's really my ideal. Sometimes you just got to wait for someone to come and invite you to Brazil. Come to Brazil. (laughs) That's what he says. He says, come to Brazil, like full standing. Already. Uh, Yeah, it's going well. But then something weird happens. So she doesn't kiss him because she's being a good girl. Instead, she thinks wistfully about him and starts floating like it's the end of Greece. Yeah, she's like floating up in the air and the sidewalk's like falling behind her. And it's just, it's a really weird choice for this show. It's not really the kind of show that does stuff like this. No, the show doesn't do like any like fantastical like realism shit it's pretty grounded as far as things go yeah it's but she yeah she starts floating i was thinking like that scene in breaking bad where like jesse's on heroin and he starts like floating above the bed and you're like oh that's kind of weird but but it sucks in the city so (laughs) maybe yeah it's a bit like that maybe Vince Gilligan watches sex in the city maybe he does maybe that's where he was inspired from he was like you know a handsome guy from paris talking to me that's probably what taking heroin feels like so (laughs) that must be what heroin is like cool it's because you watched the last episode where they talked about men being like designers oh my god and then she talks about her stubs her substance abuse problem oh my god oh my god breaking bad and sex in the city are in the same universe (laughs) this is a theory i think we need to take it to game theory slash film theory on youtube dot com because we have a new one we have two we come up with two theories in this one episode the show is deeper than it looks <laughs> only true intellectuals will understand sex in the city yeah you have to have an iq of like 180 to understand sex in the city otherwise you just won't get carrie's intellect <laughs> uh yeah pickle carrie <laughs> no i pickle big i pickle big carrie <laughs> Oh, I think we got our episode title. Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, okay, so the next day, Carrie wakes up, and she's got that, that eternal puzzle. Closet full of clothes and nothing to wear, which is has such a mood. She doesn't she doesn't know what to wear. She needs one of those computers that, like, Cher has in Clueless that just tells her what to wear in the morning, so she doesn't have to think about it. Oh, I, I would love one of those. Like, I think we all... <laughs> That's another bit of Clueless, which doesn't it's make so- any sense. 
that that technology is even available. I've wanted that ever since the 90s, and I'm so mad that I don't have that today. Yeah, me too. Or like Hannah Montana's wardrobe where it just turns around. It's all Hannah Montana's stuff versus her Miley stuff. Ah, it's so good. Yeah, but she is, she did, yeah, she did wake up in this like grandmother nightwear. (laughs) It's really weird. It's not what you'd expect her to wear to bed. She wears weird shit to bed in every episode that we see her in bed. It's just like no one wears this, but okay. No, um, sometimes she wakes up in a bra and like pajama bottoms and who wears a bra to bed? Who wears a bra on HBO? Like, I don't wear a bra to bed. Yeah, and then Skipper knocks on her door, but it's like the morning. So who knocks on your door? But he's there and he wants to talk about Miranda. Ugh, Skipper has, like, I guess lost his mind. Carrie is half-dressed and he just doesn't blink an eye. He doesn't even apologize. He just walks in and sits down. Yeah. Carrie's like, look, I gotta get changed, but talk to me while I'm getting changed. Yeah, and he's just so weird about it. He's like, he talks about how he's like, I've never considered myself a horn dog before, and how they have sex, and Ugh. he's like, we have sex in the afternoon, and he t- he says this thing about how he's like, oh, he says, yeah, no, you do. Okay, I don't yeah, say it. so like that part's whatever that's fine i don't i don't give a shit about that he says i don't shower after sex then his reasoning is fucking weird as shit because he's like i don't shower after sex because i want to smell like miranda the whole day which is disgusting carrie goes from like holding his hands to letting go and then it just cuts directly to her washing her hand (laughs) and it's like okay like i don't think you need to shower every time you have sex but you don't need to don't don't not shower on purpose because you want to smell like this person all day like if you're gonna do it don't tell someone else that you're doing that no and i feel like you shouldn't shower after you like you should shower if you're gonna do other stuff after you know if you you've got to go to work or eat dinner you should probably have a wash it's just going straight to sleep like who cares but if you've got to walk around for the rest of the day (laughs) covered in someone else's sweat like it's a bit disgusting Mm, he loves it he loves to smell like miranda Mm, it's it's no me neither it's just more skipper and like i can't i don't even think we see him again later in the episode so there's not like there's no conclusion to this story in this episode i guess no there's no resolution it's just filler, and I guess we'll find out about it more in a future episode. But then Carrie goes on her date with Gilles, and she's wearing a, an, a blue ostrich feather boa, just casually, to the park. I fucking love this scene so much, because he is wearing all black, long black coat. He just looks like this, not goth, because he's not, but like he's all black and she is like vivid colors blue fluffy scarf like this bright dress like and then there's cherry blossom blossom petals falling on them and it's just their outfits next to each other are so good i just love it so much oh it's like it is very it's like very classic romantic they're like tracing through central park and yeah, she's she's wearing like a feather boa as just a normal like winter scarf, I guess. It's really good. Which is such a mood. That is, it's... And so they kiss and then it transitions to 
her in his hotel room and she's telling him that she doesn't sleep with men she's only known for a day but it's already tomorrow in paris but i'm pretty sure that's bullshit because i think it's like three o'clock in the afternoon so it's only like nine o'clock in paris but but whatever your reasoning is that's fine carrie carrie's carrie's reasoning is not valid but she's still valid because you're allowed to do that he's a hot guy they had a really nice day he's not gonna be there very long just have a nice time. Just bone the guy who's in the all-black outfit. Just do it, girl. And she does do it, and I'm proud of her. I am too. She spends the night in his, like, hotel room, and she wakes up the next morning, and he's, like, just about... He's, like, on his way out the door, and he's like, oh, just stay and order room service, and he leaves. And then she finds an envelope for her from him, and it has a $1,000 in it. Which now leads to a conundrum and a bit of a question. Yeah. She has Samantha over, and they order room service and talk about it. I love how she's like, oh my gosh, you thought that he had to pay me to sleep with him, but I am still going to order room service and invite my friends around. (laughs) I know, she's like, I'm not going to take this money, but I am still going to order room service. (laughs) Like she could have stored, she still had time to like storm out, to throw on a robe and like go out and say, here's your money, I'm not. Yeah, and it's cash, so it's not like she can just rip up a check, like it's just cash, she can't just give it, like if he's gone already, she can't really just give it back to him unless it's... No, the best you could do is just leave it there. Leave it as a tip for the, the hotel people, I guess, or I don't even know. Tip people, why not? If you have money you don't want to have, tip people. Just give it to someone else. And Samantha says money is power, sex is power. And so exchanging money for sex is just an exchange of power. I mean, she's kind of right. Kind of right. Miranda is upset by this, of course. Yeah, Miranda's like, Miranda's sitting there in the hotel room eating her fucking room service and she's like, women's rights! (laughs) (laughs) But I will eat this room I mean, Carrie says like, we are going to pay for the room service, by the way. But they're ordering like, so much food. I think Samantha says she ordered like two eggs benedict and a spinach omelette how many fucking eggs and spinach is she eating (laughs) all those things have eggs and spinach in it it's really good i love it i i'm happy she's i'm happy for her (laughs) um (laughs) she's eating like three breakfasts and like i think i think like miranda's having an omelette and salmon yeah they're all ordering like fancy ass breakfasts and they're they also talk about how he didn't leave his number and carrie didn't give him her number um but i don't think this has ever really been a problem before i feel like we've seen lots of people carrie's run into where she just like they never seem to exchange numbers but they still they still somehow come into contact with each other again later yeah she's just gonna run to brazil and to buy some shoes yeah because brazil's a tiny country so she's gonna go there and she's just gonna run into him on the first road she goes to (laughs) (laughs) so notoriously tiny country notoriously tiny yeah Uh uh-huh um yeah miranda says something pretty problematic she calls Amelita a hooker with a passport, which is not cool. Yeah. And then Samantha says, men give, women receive. It's biological destiny. And I can, this is a bit, I mean, this is a bit testy, I think. But Miranda does kick off and they get into an argument. Because Miranda says that's the excuse men have been using for years to subjugate women, essentially. Yeah. But that's, that's clearly not how Samantha meant it. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's like you there there's 
it's nuanced is the thing. And I think the big problem Miranda has is that she's being judgmental about the women in question and not just being like this whole system of how women are treated is bullshit. Yeah, I mean, that's really the answer is like, the system is corrupt. It's not necessarily, we should be listening to sex workers and trying to protect them because they're in a very vulnerable position. Morally bad person because that's your job. I guess it's implied that Amelita is more like a sugar baby. I don't think she actually... No, she's not an actual... Yeah, she's not an actual sex worker. No. Like, she clearly, in a way, exchanges sex for money yeah. and possessions. But it's not... Like, I don't think she... She has a boyfriend who just gives her money. It's not like she is um sleeping with different guys, I suppose. Yeah. It's like... I mean, it's it's still a type of sex work. But they really are quite disparaging about her. And, like, she's a fucking nice person. And she seems to be enjoying herself. I don't know why there's all this judgment. I mean, it's the 90s, I guess. Yeah. And, I mean, even today, there's a lot of judgment. It's... It's... shitty, but... It's it's kind of unfortunate to see it from characters who are, like, supposed to be, you know, like, the progressive feminist characters, I guess, is the main thing. I definitely think this was meant... To, this was, like, really progressive at the time, like, all the subjects they do talk about on the show. It's just... And I don't think we would have, like... Some of the TV shows we have today are sort of directly because of Sex and the City. Like, Girls I would and, like, Insecure. We wouldn't have those. They're on the, They're both on HBO as well. They are, yeah. I've never seen girls, but I can see why it would be like directly influenced by this show. It must is about like four women in New York. It has to be. They also all fit. I have seen a couple of seasons of girls. They all fit pretty much on the nose. They're not quite as obvious, but they are four temperaments. Well, one day I'll. No, I probably won't watch it because I hate Lena Dunham. But <laughs> yeah, I don't suggest watching girls. <laughs> it's not very good. Um. But yeah, we wouldn't have that today if we didn't have Sex in the City. However, they just get some stuff wrong or just like it's really uh, heavy footed and it doesn't really need to be. It's it's kind of cringeworthy in hindsight, but at the same time, it's like TV shows are still doing plots like this today. So it's I, on that one hand, I kind of look at it and I'm like, oh, this seems really, you know, dated but at the same time it's like no this is still how a lot of tv shows are written today so yeah and then that it's less like at the time it was clearly like very provocative and now it's i think it's less so so they were paving a path in my opinion it's just yeah no for sure like they were they were trying <laughs> i guess they were trying they get half a star half a star out of how many <laughs> Oh, out of one? Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, two out of five. Three out yeah. of five, they tried. I don't know. I'm not a reviewer. I'm just telling you the facts. And the, them is the facts. Yeah, I'm like a newsreader. Um, so, yeah. So, in the end, I think also, like, Carrie does seem to be a little bit upset that she thought they had a connection and now she's thinking that it was just business for him. The thing is, she knew he was only there for a day. And so it's not like they would have had a proper relationship or anything. Like it is a little bit weird that he would leave a thousand dollars. You slept with one time just to be like, here, enjoy yourself or whatever he meant it for. But yeah, I'm not really sure. I feel like she kind of 
takes it a weird way but i mean she just also mentioned to him that she's sure like she says you know i did tell him that i was short of my rent um so like maybe he did just give it to me because he thought i should treat myself and he had money but it's it's clear that he he thought there was some sort of exchange going on yeah it's it's really ambiguous i guess like it's it did seem like more of an exchange, but she also at the same time did mention several times that she has like very little money. But regardless of the reason, it's never like properly explained by the guy. And But she decides in the end that she's gonna see it as a date with an extra bonus. So Charlotte goes to this painter's country house. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing this like red suit. Oh, it's so like dress what does he call it when it's a dress and a suit i don't know i was wondering the same thing because it's like a red blazer and a red skirt it's not a pant because a pant suit would be like if it was pants pants <laughs> but she's got a skirt but it's still like a suit but she looks really good she does um and she's in like she comes out of a chauffeured car it's great yeah and then he takes her into like a creepy poorly lit barn to show her his work and so the lights are kind of low and he does turn them on after he says it but he's basically like so this is my work it's the closest i've ever come to pure universal god force the cunt And then he turns the lights on and they're all paintings of vaginas. He, I mean, he fully says the cunt. I counted. We get three cunts in this episode. Can you say it three times? It seems like he says the word cunt more than three times. It feels like a lot. I do think it is three. It might be four, but. Yeah. I just, I was, <laughs> it's, it's a lot to hear some old man say the C word so many times. Yeah, it's it's awkward, and Charlotte's like, Charlotte's clearly very, like, <laughs> she says they're very powerful. I mean, they're literally, they just are like Georgia O'Keeffe paintings, but not as good. They really are. They're just kind of like close-up shapes that are like vaginas, and they're like yellow and pink, and... They look maybe... They look to me more like apples. You know how Georgia O'Keeffe were meant to be flowers? These are like like apples with yeah. something cut into them but it's it's just it's just george o'keefe yeah. but painted by a man which no one would want to see exactly no one wants this but he starts like stroking his paintings and saying the most this is the most powerful force in the universe and he keeps he keeps saying the c word and carrie's voiceover is just like charlotte hated the c word but she's never going to correct this you know amazing artist yeah he goes on about how it's the source of like all beauty and all pleasure and i guess he's technically right and charlotte thinks he's right she's just clearly extremely uncomfortable as you would be it's like that one marge simpson meme that's like you're right but you shouldn't say it <laughs> like is <laughs> the truth he, i mean he's right i don't want to hear him say it um but then luckily his wife comes in Mm, yeah and she's this lovely little old lady she has pink lemonade and chocolate chip cookies (laughs) yeah and he he asked charlotte if she'd consider posing for him and charlotte's like i'd be really flattered and she just looks so awkward (laughs) and because he says that like all the paintings are women that he like cares about he barely knows charlotte but okay and his wife says to her 
Oh, I bet you have a beautiful cunt. I bet you have a beautiful cunt, dear. Yeah. You can't say that to people. Yeah, and... Uh, it's and that's like the end of the scene where just like Charlotte's in this barn with these two creepy old people who are talking about her vagina and it's great I love it uh, oh we go back we do go back to ball sack we go back to the ball sack uh, I really hate what Carrie says because she's like with my hooker money still burning a hole in my wallet and it's like don't say that like say it a different way pay your rent bitch <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she really does, like... Yeah. I'm glad she did keep the money, in a way. Because there could have been, like, more umming and ahhing about it. But to just... Ugh, she just, like, the way she calls it, like, hooker money. And just decides that she's gonna spend her money on food. When... On, like, going to this stupid expensive restaurant. When she said so many times that she needs to pay her rent. And buy, like, food. And pay bills. Use that. Just say, okay, cool, look, that's done. I'm just going to forget about it. No, she goes to this restaurant to fucking flaunt around. She has no self-awareness um, because she just wants to go back to the restaurant. And she goes with Samantha. Yeah, she goes with Samantha and the hostess has a new funny hat on. She's got like a leopard print cylinder hat on. She's got like a pillbox like Jackie O, but it's leopard print. Yeah, it's good. It's kind of ugly, but it's good. Um, it is a look, I have to say. Um, because Samantha has assumed that because Carrie's been before, she's like as good as in. She's not. Um, but then Carrie sees that her friend Amelita's there, which, so she goes over to say hi. Um, and we meet a new guy, Mario. Yeah, so Amelita's with like a couple of people, but Mario seems to be the main guy we pay attention to. Uh, he's Italian and he's telling Carrie that she needs to come to Venice with him. And she'd be mad not to go. She could bring her laptop and write about it. <laughs> Amelie is right, though. That would be... That seems like a good idea. Carrie, yeah, she's thinking about how nice it would be. And then this Mario guy puts his hand on her ass. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not talked about in the episode. She smacks him away and is, like, clearly uncomfortable. It just seems to be... It's, like, obviously gross, but it's not really talked about as it would be today. No, for sure. It's kind of just, like... I mean, I'm happy for her that she is you know not just letting people do whatever with her but it's kind of just off but yeah she talks about how she could use that thousand dollars to go to venice and she could meet a nice guy who's rich and marry him and then divorce him and get more money and so on and so forth but she doesn't want to do that which is fair enough it's a foolproof plan (laughs) just meet a rich guy and marry him wouldn't we all want to do that and then divorce him and get even more money yeah um she has that she has this really great line where she says just because venice was sinking it didn't mean my morals had to go down with it (laughs) it's not a moral fucking problem carrie there's nothing there's like it doesn't go morally either way no she's she's not killing like fucking puppies she's just (laughs) (sighs) she uh, i wish she would i'd make me uh, i wish she would do that of like half the other dumb shit she does but she does wear fur so maybe she did kill i think emily is the one who kills the puppies because she's the one with the corella deville cigarette holder thing so but yeah she basically turns mario down emelita down and goes to yeah she says I'm so... she says i'm so sorry green mario and then she leaves and <laughs> and <laughs> 
She doesn't laugh. Like, when she was talking to Gilles, she kept talking in, like, really basic French. And when she's talking to Italian people, she starts talking in this, like, shitty Italian accent. It's kind of rude, but I love it. And then she also says, because she goes to the bathroom and she, her voiceover says that for better or for worse, she's established her rate for a one night stand. So fair enough. It's true. And then there's that really great moment at the end because the, that uh, hostess woman is in the bathroom and she asks Carrie for a tampon and the most powerful woman in New York has asked her for a favor. And so, uh, so she gives her a tampon. And then they never have a problem getting into the ball sack again. For one tampon. For one tampon. Yeah. I don't know if I'd let them in forever. Maybe for that night. Right? Yeah. I don't know. But if you, I mean, do carry sanitary uh, products with you if you can. Like, the amount of times someone has asked me if I have a towel or a tampon or something. I mean, I usually do because I try and keep it on me. Because I don't necessarily need it. But it is very helpful when you need one and someone has it. It's true. It's true. You are a lifesaver for someone. It is. It's real shit. Especially like even you know if you have a lot of friends mm-hmm. who do menstruate, maybe just and you don't, maybe just keep one on you. Especially if you have a nosebleed, tampons are very helpful. That's a good point. I've never used one for that, but I can see how it would be useful. <laughs> so they go to Charlotte's art show for like the last scene of the episode. And they're all kind of just like trying to figure out which painting is Charlotte's vagina. But yeah, I'm, <laughs> I am basically, I am a bit of a, like a, a mom friend. Like I carry like condoms on me, even though I know I don't need them. Yeah, I, I'm like the worst. I never have anything on me. I'm just like, ah. There you go. If someone needs something, they're always like, Alex, yeah. have you got an idea? I have like, I don't even have a big handbag, but I just managed to fit everything on me. I don't have shit. Every every uter- <laughs> every uterus for itself, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's it. And uh, Carrie and Samantha enjoy their nice meal, and then we have a final scene. Yeah, so they go to Charlotte's show to see this guy's paintings, and they also more. But really, they just want to see what her vagina looks like. Yeah, because the three other girls are like trying to figure out which painting is Charlotte's vagina the whole time, and they keep like asking her, and Charlotte's like, "No." That's not me. I, I don't know. I never really thought about what my friend's vaginas look like. I don't really want to see it, <laughs> even if it was a painting. I don't want to know. I don't really want to know. One time, I used to work with this girl who, like, took a picture of her vagina and showed it to someone else, but she didn't say it was hers. And then the, the other guy who she showed it to was like... <laughs> He okay. This was a, this was kind of rude. What he said. He said it was a moose meat vagina, and then she got like really offended about it. And then, <laughs> uh, and then she was like, <laughs> she like started crying because it was her vagina, and he was like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> anyway. I don't know. Maybe just only show it to people. Don't just. I mean, you can show it to whoever you want, but like. I don't know. It's it. Uh, why would she show? Why would she? Okay, I I just really like what. Uh, what is the context of like? Why would you take a picture of your vagina, show it to someone, and then have them not know it's yours? I have no idea. But the whole story is very funny to me because both sides of it are just really. <laughs> why would you say that? Why would you do that? 
Yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to, don't really make disparaging comments about someone's genitals. It's a bit out of order. But also, why are you going around showing people vaginas? If someone showed me a picture of a vagina out of nowhere on their phone, I would not say anything about it because I would have a strong suspicion that it's probably theirs. It's probably theirs or I guess someone they know. Yeah, and so it's like, why? comment on it or like or just a random no i would just say i think i would literally say okay and try and leave um if someone just randomly showed me a vagina yeah (laughs) it's not a situation you come across very often it's really not so i don't know how i would handle it um i don't think i would say it was like moose meat (laughs) that's the the most canadian thing you've ever said And, um, but yeah, the girls are going around guessing, uh, what Charlotte's vagina looks like. Carrie's wearing a kimono. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's really- <laughs> She's wearing, like, a kimono, like, wrapped with a shitty belt. Um, it, it just looks like a bathrobe because she doesn't have any other, like, kimono, you know, she doesn't have, like, an under one or anything. It, it literally just looks like... Like a normal robe, she just wrapped around and decided mm-hmm. to wear it as a dress. Mm-hmm. It's it's a choice, all right. It's definitely a choice. I wouldn't say it's a look. No, it's not. She's worn better, and will wear better. Um, but then finally, like they all come up to Charlotte and they're all giggly, and then finally Charlotte decides to show them the number. Yeah, so they're all yeah, they're all kind of giggly, and then the parting shot of the whole episode is them just looking at this painting of Charlotte's vagina while like And we see it as well. It's not I mean they're all pretty abstract. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about my character like just having their vagina on screen. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. I guess it's a choice. There's a lot of choices in this episode. I mean, the thing is, all the vagina paintings look exactly the same anyway. Like, it's not like I look at one of them and I'm like, that one's really weird and that one's different. I don't know. Like, you just look at them and you're like, those are vaginas. Okay, so as we do, we rank the ladies in order of, I guess, like, just how much we like them. I think for me, I would go Samantha at the top because I feel like she was just, you know, chilling, wanting to go into this restaurant. She was just minding her own business for most of it. Sticking up for people as well. Two. I'd say... I would say Carrie, actually. Because, I mean, at least she she did have a nice time. She did live a bit. Um, I wish she had decided to use her money to pay her bills instead of going out to this restaurant but you know she's still she got over her issues for the most part i think it's a bit of a controversial pick i know she did get over like most of it she wasn't too terrible by the end yeah um i'd say third i'd go with charlotte because she you know had a fun art journey but i still don't think you should go to men's farms in the middle of nowhere but you know she had fun she got her vagina painted right (laughs) she got her vagina painted isn't that what we all want in life (laughs) we all want a man with a tiny penis who knows how to use it and we want our vagina painted like not it to be painted we want a painting of it 
But like, yes, need to clarify that painting your vagina would, um, I guess probably just give you, you some like, like UTI. Rash, yeah. Uh huh. Um, and then yeah, at the bottom I have Miranda just because she was very she was probably the most judgmental this episode in an episode full of judgmental mm-hmm. people. And she is still having sex with Skipper. And I would say that's morally wrong. I agree. I think Miranda was easily my worst this episode. I feel bad because I love Miranda. Um, But yeah, she was just being too judgmental. She was still sleeping with Skipper. Um, Yeah, just overall, I didn't. And she didn't really have a story outside of that. So I didn't. She's my least favorite. Um, I'll start from the top, I guess, though. So I would say I think Charlotte was my favorite this episode because I think just like her expressions throughout the episode and just her awkwardness and how she handles the whole situation is so, I don't know, it's, it's, it's definitely something like she definitely is like ridiculously acting this episode and um, I really love it. Oh, Kristen Davies' like facial expressions are my favorite. She just <laughs> she's so animated. She's so animated, and it really makes for it really makes the character just a lot more enjoyable than it would be otherwise. I think if someone else was playing her. So, um, yeah, I think Charlotte was my top, and then probably Samantha for like the same reasons. Like she was kind of just there to be the least judgmental person and just kind of have a good time. And then Carrie was my third. Yeah. So a rare week where she's not my bottom, but Miranda really messed it up this week, I suppose. Mm. Uh we have questions. We sure do. Uh which is great because I didn't even ask for them this week because I forgot. <laughs> so <laughs> uh <laughs> Um, if you want to send us in questions, then you can send them to citygirlsmakedo on tumblr.com. Uh, it's at citygirlsmakedo on Twitter or citygirlsmakedo at gmail.com. That's everything, right? Yeah. So, yep, those are all right. Send us questions at any of those places. Tumblr is probably the best place because you can send us asks and then they're all nice and together. Um, but any of them work. All right, do you want to read the first question? Yeah, so we have two questions, but one of them has a lot of mini questions inside of it. So I I think I'll just read the questions, give a break, and then we'll read the next one. Does that work? Okay, so our first question, yeah, our first question is from friend of the show, PR The Disaster, who says, questions for at five. Were we supposed to think Carrie's shoes were yes. pretty? In my onion. Yeah, they were pretty. I, I liked, liked them. them. I'd wear them. They were a little bit ridiculous, but I liked that. Okay, mm-hmm. next part. Or that the French guy was handsome and definitely didn't have Cumberbatch disease. I thought he was... I thought he kind of reminded me of, like, Killian Murphy. Like, handsome. Yeah, he definitely... He had, like, yeah. a face. He has, like, a face with lots of bones in it. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He had more bones than the average, than the average bear. The in- intention is that we're supposed to think he's handsome. And I think it worked for me. Yeah, he had like charisma. Yeah. 
Yeah, like I, the thing about Benedict Cumberbatch is that he has zero charisma and he has a terrible voice and he's not human. And this person was human, so. I think the thing, I think the thing with Benedict Cumberbatch is like, this, like, Gilles in the show had too many bones in his face. Benedict has not enough. <laughs> like, he doesn't look like he has, like, you know, he has cheekbones because, like, every British person has a lot of cheekbones. It's just, it's in the water. But yeah, but the rest of his face isn't really, there's not much going on. But yeah, no, he's handsome. I don't think he's Cumberbatch disease. He has Killian Murphy disease. Disease to have. <laughs> I would rather have Killian Murphy disease than Bendy Cumberbatch disease. I think Killian Murphy is very handsome. But he is like an interesting, I find that, but I find that more attractive. If someone is like striking in mm-hmm. their features, I find that more attractive than someone who's just like, yeah, same. Okay, next. <laughs> We're still going. Okay. All that those scenes filmed on a shaky-ass phone were cinematography. I think they're talking about the scenes in the park. Oh, yeah. I liked that. Because I thought that scene was, like, romantic. But, yeah, it was definitely... St- it was a stylistic choice, for sure. Yeah, it was definitely, like, a choice, as we said. Um, I don't think it was filmed on a phone though. I think it was probably on just like a normal, like, like a handheld, like camera because phones weren't that good. It was clearly like, I don't think they shot it, um, with a permit. (laughs) No, (laughs) I think it could also be related to, um, this question could also be referring to like when they're kissing in the park and it does the circle around them and then it transitions to them being in like the bedroom. I don't know. They tried to do something funky there. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little, yeah, it was a little bit, like, shaky in parts, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, th- I mean, it's a sitcom, so, like, it's not, it doesn't have the best cinematography or mise-en-scene, if you ask me. It, like, everything's always flat in a sitcom. Yeah, it's not, like, the most cinematographically perfect show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, but, like, most sort of, sitcom TV shows don't have the best no. cinematography. I don't think it is. Um, It's not the most stylistic thing in the world. <laughs> Out of all the HBO shows I've watched, it's probably the most well-lit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, nothing is lit anymore. Everything's in the fucking dark. I have to sit in, like, the dark to watch television. It's really bad. That's how they afford all the really expensive action shows now. So they just have no lighting. So, yeah. Everything's filmed by candlelight because it's, it's fucking Game of Thrones and they don't have like <laughs> light bulbs. Um, but yeah, I could watch, I could watch Sex and the City like in the morning with the curtains open. So that was nice. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Okay. So last part of the question says, also, did you already know that the cunt count would skyrocket in the very next episode? Because that's some comedic timing right there. <laughs> not know that because i had not watched episode five before we recorded that no me neither and i didn't think they would just full-on say like cunt so many times and we've said it even more times they said it on the show yeah i'm really so what's our cunt count up to now if we count paintings i don't know what was it before again it was zero it depends on if we're counting how many times they say it or how many times we see it because we don't you don't i I think how many times they say it because we don't really see apart from these like um, artistic vaginas we don't really see many vaginas 
mostly cheese. Uh, <laughs> but thank you for your questions. Uh, next one is from 2 by 2 furious on Tumblr, who asks, if Carrie wasn't the main focus of Sex and the City, who would you want it to be instead? Uh, the thing is, is how broad are we going in this question? Like, does it have to be out of one of the main four or like anyone ever? <laughs> because I'm, I'm guessing out of the main cast. Uh-huh. Uh, Miranda. Yeah. I'm, there was an article um, which... I'll link, I mean, we could put it on the Tumblr, which basically said that if it was filmed in 2018, then Miranda would be the protagonist. Interesting. I haven't read that. What are the arguments? Yeah, it was basically talking about how, like, Miranda, like, as she is the sort of most openly feminist character, I'd say, that she would be taking the lead. Carrie, because it does talk about, like, you know, women's place in terms of romance and sex and Carrie's just very like nonplussed by everything I think and she doesn't really have the best grip on it whereas Miranda is very forthright in her opinions true true and she also has like the best she has the best job and she sort of has the most going Mm -hmm. for her as well I think that Carrie and Miranda are like the two most grounded out of the four of them like they're the two most realistic characters so, like, if there's going to be a protagonist, it would be one of the two of them. And so having it be Miranda would make the most sense if it wasn't Carrie. Yeah, Miranda's definitely the most grounded out of the four of them. Like, she's the only one I would trust, like, with something important. Yeah, and I guess Carrie's not grounded, but she's the least, like, she's the least who has, like, a ridiculous character flaw or something like that. I mean, she has lots of character flaws, but it's not, like, one that's like really obvious like you could easily just define charlotte as the prude like there's not really one word for carrie that's like that so yeah i think that's the thing like that's why carrie is the protagonist and also why people i think that's choose the reason why most people consider themselves a carrie is she's the most like well-rounded character she's the least cliche out of the four of them She's harder to pin down. The other ones you can say like, oh, Miranda's cynical. Samantha's like really sexual. And then Charlotte's really naive. But with Carrie, it's harder to really pin down like what her thing is. But yeah, she still still definitely has her faults. And I think some of the failings in her being the protagonist is that she just is so passive and like, I don't think she really cares about some of the stuff that she's, like, covering as a columnist. Yeah. Yeah, she's passive, and she tends to be, I think, really selfish. Like, she tends to not listen to advice anyone gives her, and she tends to kind of put herself first and be more involved in, like, her own life than, like, anything else that's happening with any of her friends a lot of the time. And, um, oh, I was just going to say, that's, that's the kind of thing that you only really get from watching, like, a lot of episodes of the show, not from just watching, like, one episode. You could pick out her, like, main character traits like that, so. Yeah, but you could do that with everyone else. And I think the thing with Carrie is, like, oh, yeah, all right, yeah, the thing with, like, TV nowadays is I think um, characters more often have, like, obvious 
uh like character faults okay i was just gonna say that i think nowadays character like protagonists have more obvious character faults if you look at like breaking bad or mad men it's really obvious where they fuck up yeah it's true well i feel like like i know that this is a show where the idea is that carrie's an anti-hero which is like the same kind of thing as a show like mad men where like clearly don draper is an anti-hero but i think it makes a show like that, it's more obvious that you're not supposed to be rooting for them. Whereas with Carrie, you feel like you should be rooting with, for her. Meanwhile, like I'll watch Mad Men and I want to throw stuff at my TV because I hate Don Draper so much. But Yeah. <laughs> like, that's definitely the thing is I feel like this show sort of being made for women is like, oh, you're meant to root for Carrie and you don't. And then with Mad Men, which I think is like kind of mm-hmm. made for men, you aren't meant to root for Don, but yes, people still that's do. That's so true. Yeah. And same with like Breaking Bad. People are like, I love Walter White so much. And I'm like, he's a great character, but I hate him. <laughs> like, I'm not rooting for him. He's like fully like a drug dealer and a murderer. He's not cool. He doesn't give a shit about his family. Yeah. He's not doing this for his family. Like, he's a piece of shit. Um, and he's a. Like, fantastic character, but I hate him. Like, I'm not rooting for him at all. And Carrie is like, I'm not going to root for you. You're doing stupid things, so. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I forgot what the big fancy word for it, but it's a nice parallel. Um, and I will put that article up on the Tumblr. Because it's interesting. Nice, yeah, I'm going to read that. Yeah. Go Miranda, protagonist of the show. <laughs> <laughs> she is our protagonist in our hearts. Um... But yeah, I think that's it for this week. Yeah, that's our episode. That was the power of female sex. So uh, we'll be back in a week with episode six. And uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I guess you can find me on Tumblr at Windfall Island. You can find me on Twitter at Age of Oddish. And yeah, you can find me on Tumblr as Tumblr user Dork Phoenix. Nice. And I guess we already said it, you can... Find us on Twitter and Tumblr and Gmail, all at City Girls Make Do. And see you next week. Yeah, see you next Tuesday. Bye. Tuesday? <laughs> you mean Sunday? Oh, see you next- I get it. <laughs> Fuck, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>